It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot, hands Corey Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to review OTAs. This is the final one that the media will have access to until mandatory minicamp next week. That'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So to talk about this final OTA, we bring in our friend covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, at least it was quite a bit cooler on the field today. It was 90 degrees the previous two days. Today it was in the high 70s. I would imagine that it was much more comfortable for you. Yeah, and a little bit of a pleasant breeze as well. So not as eventful of a practice as we saw on Tuesday, but it was still uh, comfortable. I was appreciative of the wind and and the mm-hmm. cooler temperatures. It made it much more bearable and grateful to be done with OTAs and, and for us at least and, and moving on to mandatory minicamp and only uh, a couple more practices to watch really before the Jets get after it for real in late July for training camp. So it's an exciting time and and we're getting closer and and that's a good thing. Let's start with the number one topic that is always going to be discussed after these OTA practices and that of course is Zach Wilson. You talked about how great he was the other day. Today not quite as good, a little bit more up and down. Yeah, there were a couple more bad throws today. He had another interception. I believe this was his first one in 11 on 11 drills. Uh, not 100% sure, um, but it was the same as the other interception that he had, which went through the hands of a receiver. It, this one went through the hands of Chris Herndon and was picked off. I, I do have to say that Herndon redeemed himself with a couple nice catches later, um, but that was uh, another interception for Zach Wilson that that probably shouldn't have been one but there was another pass he threw that was a risky pass and also not a, a great pass that should have been picked off so I think his numbers which were seven for 11 with an interception probably are about indicative of his day um, you know it, it was it wasn't outrageously good like the other day where I mean I think he threw one bad ball the entire practice but it was still pretty solid he seemed to be seeing the field pretty well and again, he was uh, connecting with Braxton Berrios, finding him a lot, I think, at least five times. He, he found him in seven-on-sevens and in 11-on-11. So um, it was a, a good day for Zach Wilson, but a little bit more up and down for sure than what we have seen in, in some of his earlier practices. 
One of the other players that we've discussed many times during these OTAs is Elijah Moore, and he's probably been the most consistently positive contributor. That continued again today. Yeah, uh, he caught a touchdown pass during seven-on-seven red zone drills. He continues to make the most of the opportunities that he's given, Um, and that's what you want to see from a guy at this stage. Uh, he, He very much... Looks like he's ready for this. The billing that the Jets gave him and one of the reasons they were so excited about him is that they didn't feel like he was a guy who was limited to lining up in one spot in the field. And I think he's proven that he can be versatile and do those kinds of things, whatever the offense needs him to do. So that's exactly what you want to see from him. You want to see a young player who understands what, they want from him out of the offense in this offense, what they want him to do and who clearly understands the offense and continues to grow within it. Robert Sala said today that the basic installation of both the offense and the defense are in, um, and they're going to obviously customize it depending on who they're playing and obviously reinstall it at the beginning of training camp. But I mean, these guys have a pretty full plate at this point in terms of what they're going to be doing once the season starts and the fact that there doesn't seem to be very many miscommunications out there when you got a rookie quarterback and a rookie wide receiver playing a huge role at this stage, because most of the top receivers aren't on the field right now. That's, that's a good thing. Another nice day for Braxton Berrios. This is notable mostly because he's somebody that was sort of on that roster bubble. If he made it, it was probably going to be, as a sixth or seventh receiver and a punt returner, and that is probably what he'll ultimately end up being if he sticks. But the fact that he's developing chemistry with Zach Wilson early on bodes very well for his chances. Yeah, absolutely. So what it really does is once we get to training camp and everyone on the field, I think he'll get some more opportunities because he played so well at this point in the year. And and that he'll have to capitalize on those opportunities to earn his spot. But that's exactly where you want to be if you're Braxton Berrios. And uh, he's, again, been kind of like a security blanket for Zach Wilson and and been there when he needs to get rid of the ball quickly. They're on the same page. And a lot of times it seems almost like Wilson is looking for him. So uh, especially in the red zone uh, on some of these seven on seven drills. So uh, that's an interesting thing to an interesting dynamic to look at going forward and and he continues to impress and and yes that will only help his chances of making the roster because like I said I think he's going to get more of an opportunity in camp we talked about Zach Wilson Andy but he wasn't the only one that was making some plays today Mike White may have had the best play of the entire day I think it was hands down the best play of the entire day and it was early on in uh team drills Wilson took a couple snaps and then Mike White's first snap he he fired a deep ball down the left side to man Bailey and Bailey made a great catch uh, near the sideline before he kind of fell to the ground and it was just a perfectly placed throw for a big gain and and that that was nice to see uh, and another great play came on the defensive side of the ball I think I'll let you get to that later but um, yeah what well, those were the biggest plays of the day were made kind of from guys you wouldn't have expected. And, and that was kind of cool to see and, and cool moments for them. And definitely 
could put them on the radar moving forward. You just mentioned a great defensive play, and that play was made by somebody you wouldn't have expected, Justin Hardy, who was brought in for special teams prowess. But on this day, he made an excellent play at cornerback. It makes you wonder, even though he's not known for playing that position, the Jets are so thin there, maybe they should give him more of a look when training camp opens in a month and a half. Well, if he keeps making plays like the one that he made today, I think, yeah, he he maybe could get a shot. Because like you said, this is a very thin cornerback group with a lot of opportunity out there. The play was in red zone. It was just on seven on sevens, but it was just, it was a spectacular play. Uh, What happened was the, I think it was Mike White. who was in at that time. He went through his reads and then through toward the right pylon, the front pylon of the end zone. And, and uh, Hardy just laid out. I don't even know if he saw the ball. I think he just kind of figured it was coming and laid out was like, horizontal to the ground when he broke up the pass so it was great instincts a great read and like you said he was brought in for special team purposes to be a gunner Brant Boyer who spoke today raved about him and how basically that's locked down one of the gunner spots is locked down and that makes his job a lot easier but hey who knows maybe he'll get a chance at cornerback he's played a little bit before but not much but with this Jets team it's certainly a possibility Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Andy, when the Jets didn't pick Jose Borregalis in the draft, I was annoyed, mostly because I felt like they had the opportunity to get arguably the best kicker in the country and possibly solve that kicking problem for the next 10 to 15 years. Instead, they did what they always do, and they decided they were going to go with a run-of-the-mill veteran, which, of course, in this case, is Sam Ficken, who we've seen over and over again, is not the answer kicker. And then they went out and got Chris Nagar, who is the kicker from SMU. And people were thinking that maybe he has a shot, and I'm sure that he does. But both of those guys struggled today. Again, just OTAs. But if you're struggling in OTAs, it's pretty concerning considering that you don't even have people trying to block the kicks the way that they would in a regular season game or even a preseason game. Yes, it, it wasn't a confidence-inspiring performance. Now, like I did mention earlier, it was a little bit breezy out there. But I think they were three for seven. We may have missed a kick in there somewhere. But even the kicks that went in seemed to be borderline. One that missed went directly off and upright, uh, kind of after wobbling around in the breeze. Uh, just not exactly what you want to see. And for some more context, it was kind of one of those drills where They brought the whole team over to watch and there was definitely something on the line. I'm not sure exactly what, because some guys were cheering. Some guys were upset when the kicks missed. It it was kind of a cool little atmosphere there. So there was certainly some pressure, but, and it is very early, but you don't want to see that. And you're going to be looking for those guys early in training camp to, to respond better. Otherwise the jets are going to have to do what they usually have to do in the preseason, which is, look outside of the organization for a kicker. And we all know that as we've seen several times in the last five years, that can cost you games early in the season and kind of change the whole direction and the whole vibe around the team. I mean, maybe if they don't miss an extra point versus Buffalo in 2018, I'm sorry, in 2019 things it's a different season. Instead they lose that game. And I think by one point and, and 
you know, there you go. You start off 0-4, and, and it's not pretty. So uh, it's it's something to watch. It's still too early to freak out about it, but it, it was not a confidence-inspiring performance, and it felt familiar. Brant Boyer said, you know, he feels really good about these guys, and, and we should also mention that uh, – they are kicking the practices when we're not there and maybe they look great at that point. But, you know, I think the players know we're there and they know that we're going to be watching and, and reporting on it. And that adds an extra dimension of pressure. And that should be something they can deal with or that you have to deal with if you're an NFL kicker, when you're going to kick in front of millions of people on TV and in a packed stadium and at MetLife where it's going to be windy. So the kickers need to be better moving forward. Um, Let's see what we see next week, and obviously let's see what we see early on in training camp. Some notable absences today, Andy, including Marcus May and Jamison Crowder, who have obvious contract issues, but also Denzel Mims wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know the reason that he wasn't there. We didn't see him in the injury area because he just wasn't there at all. Remember, these are voluntary workouts, so it could just be as simple as he took the last couple of days off because he had something to deal with, which he would be obligated to do. Um, we don't know because we talked to Salah before practice. And now the next time we talk to him will be before practice, presumably on Tuesday when we would potentially get more information about that. A couple of people spoke to you guys before and after practice. Let's start with the head coach, Robert Salah, who was decked out in New York Islanders gear. Yeah, he uh, right after basically was 12 hours or even less after the Islanders advanced to the Stanley Cup semifinals. Salah was wearing the Islanders jersey for his press conference. And then when he was asked, are they his new favorite team? He said, I support all New York teams. So uh, still definitely a little bit of Isles fever going on for the Jets over there. We've obviously seen them at the games. And that was pretty cool to see. And then Salah talked about uh, Woody Johnson had tweeted out a video recently of, of Salah at MetLife Stadium and Salah said that he, you know, he went to the stadium with his family for the first time as Jets coach. Obviously he's been there before, won a Super Bowl there when he was a member of the Seahawks coaching staff and, and obviously played those two games in a row last year with the 49ers against the Jets and Giants and probably has been there several times. But obviously it's pretty cool with his first time as Jets coach and, and he said when he walked through the tunnel and they put the – Jets chant over the the PA system he had chills a little bit kind of envisioning what it was going to be like when there's 82,000 people there for real in September so that was cool for him he said the purpose of the trip was to go and look at the Jets facilities and the overall stadium to try to see if there was anything he thought could be done to alter the experience for the fans but mostly for the players to make things a little better for the players on game day he said they saw some things, but he didn't reveal you know, what changes there's going to be. He said it would be subtle and probably something that is deep within the locker room would be my read off of that. That was kind of interesting. Um, and then Robert Sala also talked about next week for mandatory minicamp. He expects Jamison Crowder and Marcus May to be there. He expects everyone to be there. And that isn't a surprise. Those guys, even though they're unhappy with their current contract situations or uh, in Crowder's case, the Jets are trying to get him to play for less money. Uh, they are under contract, so they will probably be there because if they're not, 
they they face fines. So we'll see next week. We'll we'll see what happens. But that's the expectation from Salah, and honestly, that's what I expect to see as well. Carl Lawson spoke to you guys for the first time actually being there on the field. I know he had spoken to you on Zoom call before, but this is a little bit different. What did he have to say? He was a he was a little tight lipped at first. He didn't want to get into how he felt out there and how he felt about learning the the defense because he said he didn't want to reveal like the differences between the system in Cincinnati and the system here because he doesn't want opponents to to know exactly what he's doing differently. And I, I do understand that. And by the way, I said on Tuesday that I hadn't seen Lawson. He didn't flash to me in team drills. That was because he wasn't on the field during team drills. Robert Sala uh, called it an acclimation period that basically every player has been going through. The The first week that they're there, it's, it's light work. And then he works them into team drills. So we should expect to see more of Carl Lawson and, and actually see him play a part in team drills next week for mandatory minicamp. Uh, another interesting thing that Carl Lawson said was uh, kind of about his goals. Again, he didn't want to reveal his, the specifics, but he says he has big goals. He agreed with uh, Jeff Ulbricht's assessment that he should be able to get to the quarterback more this year because the interior offensive line is strong, but also said that he doesn't want to, he wants to have more sacks either way. He wants to be dominant and and be able to do that but again didn't get into details but he said that he sets numbers for himself and certain milestones that he wants to achieve and then puts them literally on his refrigerator and in his notebook where he has to see them every day so that he can pursue them and he admitted like you're not going to reach every single goal you set because in his words there, there are external factors but that you got to keep striving toward them because that's how you get better so I thought that was kind of interesting and and a, a good mindset from Lawson, who who doesn't seem to be a fan of the Zoom calls, but hey, I'm not either. So I get that. It's it's an awkward thing, and hopefully we're talking to the players soon, if not uh, up close, but from a distance in person. The longest tenured coach on the staff, Brant Boyer, spoke to you guys today, talking a little special teams. What were the highlights of what he told you? Well, again, I, as I mentioned about Justin Hardy, he was super excited about Hardy being added, especially given all the turnover on the roster in the last year. I mean, that makes it especially hard for a special teams coach because he's adjusting to a, a new coach, a new coaching staff basically around him and all those personalities. And then totally new players, too. Uh, and And one of the interesting things that Boyer said is he went from the players that they had, and there was a lot of kind of bigger guys, to small, more agile linebackers, and and that changes what he does. And not he didn't get into specifics, of course, but he obviously has to adjust some of his strategies. A lot of a lot of things stay the same, but that was interesting to hear. Uh, and and obviously finding guys for new roles, and then without revealing exactly what's going on. In practice, because we're not allowed to reveal those details. Boyer also praised uh, Michael Carter, the running back, and and Elijah Moore, and said they've been coming to the facility early. I think specifically said with with Moore, like six thirty in the morning to get in extra work, and that you know he's really appreciated that, and that uh, if if uh, Moore were to become a returner, he has to work on his tracking the ball a little bit, but that he has 
all the skills to be able to do that at this level. So something that was interesting here and uh, should be encouraging for Jets fans to hear that those guys are obviously putting in the work to, to, you know, make themselves as useful to the team as possible. Finally, Tevin Coleman spoke to you guys, and apparently he gave you a reason that Jamal Adams might have for wanting to come back. Yeah, we had, the Jets have some dogs, finally, <laughs> so, apparently. so, uh, and, and one of them is the quarterback, Zach Wilson. Uh, Coleman was clearly impressed with what he's seen from Wilson so far. Uh, he, he said that he's a dog and, and also said that you know, he's dealing with the pressure. There's a lot of pressure on him, obviously, because he was picked number two overall and his every move is being watched and that he's that he can handle it and he's out there slinging the ball and that he's definitely a leader. And that's high praise from a guy who's been in the league for six years and obviously played with Matt Ryan for, for a while in Atlanta there and knows what uh, you know an established quarterback in this league should look like. Uh, and that, to me... And I wrote about this at NorthJersey.com today. That, to me, is really what you can take away from this whole OTA experience and, and really the spring from Zach Wilson. Uh, yes, he looked great on the field, but that only shows us that he can throw against receivers that aren't being hit and while he's at no risk of being hit. I mean, that's that's good, but what's better is, in my eyes at this point, is that he clearly has earned the respect of his teammates. Uh, these guys kind of gravitate to him on the field. You can see it in the huddle. They're engaged. He's talking to seemingly guys individually, almost all of them after the plays. Has has a little like pre-huddle routine with, with George Fant where they did some sort of handshake that I thought looked pretty cool but I could never replicate. Uh, and Robert Sala, who was asked – in his press conference today to say what he's learned about Zach Wilson so far during this experience, he basically declined to answer and said, you know, we, we've learned a lot, but we're not going to really learn anything until we go through some adversity. That's when you grow through adversity and conflict. That's when real growth happens right now in OTAs, everybody feels good because I mean, that's what OTAs are set up for. It's to get familiar with the system. It's to feel, get comfortable with it. And for everybody to kind of feel good about what they're doing, maybe not the defense right now, but for the most part, that's what this is about. And, and the real learning is going to come later. And, and I agree with that, but it's super encouraging that Wilson has definitely got the command in terms of having his teammates respect. I mean, that's, that's a big deal and that's what a quarterback needs to do. So uh, that's my big takeaway from OTAs. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping this OTA practice with me. Really appreciate it. We now move on to mandatory minicamp. That'll be next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have plenty of coverage on it right here on the podcast. And Andy, I know you're going to have coverage of it over at NorthJersey.com where you've got plenty of stuff up right now and people can access it for a very cheap price. Not just your stuff, but anything involving NorthJersey.com. Tons of great local journalism, all for the low, low price of 99 cents for six months. Yeah, and, and most of these articles you can actually access for free, but some of the subscriber-only stuff, including a, a piece I did earlier this week on the seven guys who stood out at during OTAs, that that is 
for the one dollar for six months, which is a great deal, and and you can get all of our local coverage for that. Uh, our great photographer Chris Pedota was out there today, took video of Zach Wilson throwing, which is on my story that's on NorthJersey.com right now, and also a photo gallery from today and and several other OTA practices. If you go back a little, you can find photos from them as well. And and we'll be out there next week with photographer and, and myself covering it wall to wall and giving you everything you need to know is the jet get everybody on the field who who's capable of doing so and, and seeing what happens. So some interesting things to watch and, and please definitely check it out at NorthJersey.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. Make sure that you're following Andy on Twitter and reading everything he's doing over at NorthJersey.com and check out everything we've got going on at PlayLikeAJet.com plus our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to if you haven't already. Brand new film breakdowns. Luke Grant's got one of Michael Carter II. He's also got one explaining why the Rams offense is the offense that the Jets should really try to replicate. And Kayla Pace's commentaries, Pace's playbook, that's up there as well. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on the podcast on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. Play Like a Jet.